This is a Technicom podcast. The next time you're outside or in a restaurant, take a look around. At the people, I mean. Chances are a staggering number of them are staring into a mobile device. And we shouldn't be surprised because these very devices can do everything for us. From maps to music, cameras to calculators, our phones never let us down. But with more phones comes a higher demand for better, faster, smarter, and more efficient connections. And we have not even touched on the internet of things which will throw millions more devices into the mix. How can the internet support all of these connected devices? What is the answer? I'm Peter Ballant from Technicon, and today we will explore the Reindeer H2020 project. Building a robust and low-latency network to host our devices is part of the answer. But let's get away from the traditional thinking and look at an infrastructure which depends on more antennas in more places. Joining us today to fill in the missing pieces is Lisbeth van der Perre from KU Leuven in Belgium. She is the technology lead in the Reindeer Project. Lisbeth, thank you for coming on today. Well, it's my pleasure. It's no surprise that connected devices are now ubiquitous. And when I say connected devices, I am talking about mobile phones, computers, household appliances, heating and cooling systems, vehicles, environmental sensors, and the list goes on. And that being the case, our infrastructure must adapt. And this is where Reindeer comes in. Tell us how your project addresses the growing need for highly reliable low latency communication for connected devices everywhere? Well, I think uh, clearly, first of all, we see that the number of devices is growing by itself. So we would need a higher capacity. Uh, The wireless network needs to support more and more of these devices. But indeed, as you already mentioned, there are some services that need to have very short reaction time latency and and high reliability. And and for doing that, uh, the Reindeer Project is developing a new uh, technology, which we have named Radio Weaves, which brings an infrastructure that offers that, that first of all, offers a much higher capacity than what we had before. And moreover, it allows to react fastly and offer reliability through a lot of diversity. So the Radio Weaves, as the name suggests, uh, is weaving a lot of radios, but also computational resources and other things uh, in in infrastructure, in buildings, in all kinds of objects you may have. It's like creating a very large antenna array where antennas might be spread uh, in different places and they are somehow all connected, interconnected with the network. And by the fact that we have these many arrays, uh, many antennas, all devices, over many devices, will be very close to some of these antennas, and that will create a very good connectivity for these devices. This will create a possibility to uh, do the redundancy, to to have yeah, double links, to have uh, uh, sufficient fallback solutions if a link fails, but also for the very low power devices, if you're close to an access um, point, to an access level you will be able to save a lot of power. So, yeah, we will create higher capacity through these uh, many uh, antennas spread in the environment. We will also 
have a reliable infrastructure and we will allow reducing energy consumption a lot through the proximity of the access network to the devices. And that will support a lot of different uh, new uh, applications as well. So already today, we see that there is a need for higher reliability and reducing energy. But in the future, this will become even more evident if we more and more rely on wireless connectivity. For example, for human-robot interactions in, 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 um, yeah, in uh, Industry 4.0, uh, but also for making systems that have no battery at all, that we would call uh, energy-neutral devices. Uh, you will need a very low power connectivity, and that's the kind of things we hope we can show that radio waves is capable of supporting. Okay, so if I'm hearing this correctly, and this sounds like a great solution to a problem that might be upcoming, antennas and transmissions will be everywhere which begs the question, are there any health risks associated with this kind of environment? Well, I think it's a question we often get. And um, actually, there is a, a little bit of a misunderstanding in the sense that the closer you are to antennas, uh, the, the less power they should transmit. So the radiation levels of these antennas will be much, much lower than what you have today from base stations um, that are far away. And moreover, uh, the typical thing is that if you are afraid of radiation, the last thing you should do is put a smartphone next to your ear because that's where a smartphone uh, that tries to reach a base station that is far away, that's kind of the highest radiation levels you can get. So already by bringing the entrance in the network much closer to you, you'll have to transmit less power and, uh, and less radiation. So the proximity will reduce the required radiation levels a lot. And if we know that even in free space, uh, radiation should go up uh, with the distance to the square, but with a lot of obstacles, it's much higher. And, and nowadays, with windows becoming uh, super isolating, it becomes more and dif more difficult to get uh, the waves through the windows. Uh, this no longer is, is a sustainable solution to have like the base stations outside uh, radiating into indoors environment. You should know that today more than 80% of, of wireless communication actually comes from indoor and, and, and very often it goes to outdoor. So I often compare it to reading a book when it's dark. Uh, you might decide to switch on the light uh, in your house or you might decide to try to do it with the street lights. And you will immediately understand that the last thing either requires very uh, close by or very intense street lighting compared to a, a, a lamp in house. So we are a bit saying, okay, let's uh, try to keep the, the wireless as short as possible. And overall, by doing that, we can be much more energy efficient. We need less uh, transmit power and consequently also the radiation levels will go down. We should note as a second remark here that uh, we focus in the reindeer project on below 6 gigahertz frequencies or below 10 gigahertz frequencies. These are the conventional frequencies we use today as well for Wi-Fi, for uh, uh, 4G, etc. So some people say, yeah, we will go up in frequency in 5G. This will become uh, more of a problem, uh, the higher frequencies. Well, this is not a focus of, of reindeer. And I also think actually that even the millimeter wave domain is not yet a very... Um, domain to be worried of. It's, it's still not ionizing, but still the frequencies that we're here looking at are the normal frequencies I would say we're using today as well. 
and, um, and that are not creating any health risks uh, that are uh, being shown today. Okay, so bottom line with that is that the antenna transmissions you would get inside your house are, are not even comparable to what's existing outside already. It's a whole different ballgame. It's a whole different ballgame, and moreover, your devices need to transmit much less. And that is the radiation levels which are highest of the, or your devices in your neighborhood because you're extremely close to your devices. And those radiation levels will be much lower than if you need to transmit to base stations that are much further away. Also, to the fact you could say that uh, the whole radio wave will be a very good listener. Uh, by doing that, you will not have to shout so much. Eh? So it's it's a bit a naive comparison, but I think it absolutely holds. Uh, if you have very good listeners, then uh, you don't need uh, to uh, to put so much energy in the, in the in the transmission. Yeah, that's a that's a great analogy. Yeah, uh, and interestingly. With reindeer, we're not just talking about antennas buried in a wall, but actual computational resources, which would be available in the structures around us. What kind of application could we see that that may use this kind of service? Well, we see that, for example, in environmental monitoring, uh, there's a lot of data that's being collected that never should go really far, where you could say it could be sufficient to just monitor that everything is fine and then you should not actually transfer any data any further. So there could be these kind of things that could be very close to the device, uh, but also there's a lot of data that should not go out out of, of the campus, I would say. For example, think about a factory or a hospital, even where you might be, or a logistic place where you might be tracking and tracing um, goods and people, for example, wheelchairs get lost all the time in hospitals and other expensive equipment, you want to track and trace them. There is no need to have this tracking and tracing done somewhere far away in the clouds. It's neither very good for privacy uh, and moreover, it's absolutely not energy efficient. So if you can bring the algorithms uh, on computational resources that are much nearer to these devices, and you could detect what is happening, where it's happening, and you can calculate it very closely to the devices. You should not go over the whole backend and the network. It will save a lot of bandwidth. It will save a lot of energy because everything that requires long-range uh, transmission also requires energy. And um, as discussed already in the beginning here, it, it allows also to have much faster reactions if you have the calculations really nearby you could have much faster reaction times. So uh, yes, having computational resources and still we have a big server some, for some things. So there will be trade-off between central and distributed computing. Having this distributed computing capabilities and this nearby proximity computing allows to bring much more uh, algorithmic processing of the data, interpretation of the data, and also to avoid that everything uh, needs to be done in uh, in the cloud far away for doing this. Uh -huh. So it's the idea of sort of having everything done in a very close proximity to the operator without having to send data out. This makes sense. Yeah, that's definitely um, for, for a lot of services that makes a lot of sense. Think about your vacuum cleaner uh, robot today. Very often its trajectory is calculated somewhere 
uh, over an ocean or two, which is absolutely not needed. This could be done if you have the resources. It's not a very complicated thing to calculate. It. All these things could run in your own environment. And um, yeah, that is, I think, in the end, what, uh, what we need to go for. And by distributing these resources over the environment in the radio weave, this will become possible. We should also say that the evolution of, of semiconductor technology has made that we can have these extremely small, powerful computers that don't use a lot of uh, energy, easily integrated in different places. We can power them over the internet. We don't need uh, extreme energy uh, supplies for that. So there's a lot of things where semiconductor technology scaling has helped us to, to make things possible that were not possible in the past. And which also make it possible now to to anticipate or conceive this kind of radio waves and develop them. Okay, and radio waves, this is a uh, term that's come from the project, and you mentioned it earlier. This use of radio waves, it provides for, uh, this is another, another term you mentioned earlier, energy-neutral devices, meaning they don't need batteries or a plug. Um, I know you, you mentioned this earlier, but can you touch again on maybe what kinds of devices we're talking about here? Yes, actually, we're talking here about things we already know, RFIDs that we, we have already implemented on many devices where a device has an ID, they, they don't need a battery, but you, uh, through sending radio waves to them, and, and their reaction or their modulation of these made waves, you see a reaction. Well, we would extend this so that it can become much richer that we can have not only longer range for these devices, that we could exchange more information with this kind of energy neutral devices. So they only uh, receive energy from the radio and, and they yeah, react upon that. We could also see whether we can uh, add more services to those, like, for example, trying to uh, position them based on an energy neutral device. For today, if you want to track and trace things, it's either very complicated or it requires the cooperation of a battery uh, powered device. Here, we hope that we could just envisage that there are stickers like you have today with RF ideas that you could put on lots of things and uh, that by having such stickers, we could locate things and track and trace them and find out basic information about those things on which, or those people even on which they are, uh, they are glued or they are, they are touched. Okay. So with devices that, uh, that get their energy from a nearby source, such as radio weaves, yes. um, that's, that's definitely a step in the right direction for saving energy. As long as we're talking about energy, the EU says that ICT, or Information and Communications Technology, accounts uh, for 2% of today's carbon emissions. And some say that this could grow to 14% by 2040. How does reindeer address this concern? Well, I think this, this uh, anticipation or this uh, prediction has been something that over the last decade we have always uh, been experienced and, and through the innovation in wireless technology we have been able and other technology been able to uh, prevent that of happening and uh, i think it's still the case if we see how 
the number of devices, but also the traffic from some of these devices like expected AR devices and, and mobile video everywhere would grow. Yeah, that's what would happen if we see the energy growing in the same pace. That's that's simply what would happen. So therefore, we need to find technologies uh, that can do much better. And in the past, we've done that. Like in 5G, there is, for example, massive MIMO technology that's able to do much better in energy efficiency. And I think in 6G, we need to come up with the next generation and just this distributed antennas exactly will make the big difference there. I think the combination of the distributed antennas making things much more in the proximity, much less obstacles if you find antennas nearby, uh, that is one important element in energy efficiency. Another one is this calculation near to the devices, avoiding the the long-distance connection. So we did a, a calculation. And one thing, for example, is that the margins we nowadays often need in networks because we still need to reach uh, places that are difficult to reach. These margins could go down dramatically if you have more distributed antennas. And by bringing down those margins, we will be able to once again have a key step, a significant step in, in better energy efficiency to cope with the increasing traffic. We really need this. In a project like this, this is an EU-funded project, of course, um, part of what you have to think about in the beginning is what kind of impact would our technology or our efforts have on the EU in general and on the people in the EU? And how would you address these these uh, two sectors? Well, first, the EU, I think we have been a pioneer in wireless communication in Europe uh, in R&D, definitely for many, many decades. And uh, you see, we have strong companies in the wireless communication domain, but we also have very strong research groups. We want to maintain this position. Wireless communication, I think, is strategic to have in your own hands. It's been very much in the political and other tables recently. So I think it's for different reasons uh, important to stay uh, at the leadership technologically, but also to, to keep their uh, the possibility to have our own um, technology is an important one for Europe. I think next to that, for the European people, I think the recent pandemic has shown how much yeah we can rely on, on ICT. I would not say we are dependent because that would sound very negative. I, I just think it's very positive if we would have the same kind of pandemic situation 20 years ago. Imagine what would have happened with working, with um, teaching, uh, with with even still staying in contact with your friends and family, I think the disaster would have been so much bigger than than what it has now. Definitely. So we are so much relying on on wireless communication as a part of that because of all the uh, easy aspects of not needing the wires and so on, uh, that we cannot uh, underestimate how in the future it may as well continue playing this role with new applications we see, uh, which will require more wireless connections. Think about um, the aging society and most of all that people uh, prefer to age independently. The more we can support people with technologies that can help them, for example, to age independently, uh, the more I think it's going to really benefit uh, Europe, but it's not only in uh, in this kind of comfort zone. I think also ch- pure in in things like entertainment, 
uh, with uh, with gamings, but also with uh, mixed uh, reality situations, tourism. Maybe if you can't go to places in person, we can still visit them remotely and so on. I think there's a lot of these uh, entertainment-related application as well that people will be happy to see. And then maybe as a last point, I must say that very often in the past we've seen that we think we are developing a technology for a certain application, but then sometimes people are so creative they do something else with it. Think about uh, short message services. I don't think we expected that would be a killer application for mobile networks. And now everyone is chatting on the on the on the mobile networks all the time. So I don't think that is something we we had foreseen. Well, that's what technology is all about, innovation and adaptation. Yeah. It sounds like your efforts in Reindeer are well-defined and well underway. And we'll learn more in future episodes where we examine some of the use cases you're working on. Thanks for this overview of Reindeer today. Thank you. For more information about Reindeer, visit reindeer-project.eu. The Reindeer Project has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Program under grant agreement number 1010134259.